0: I have been telling you, and I'm going to keep on telling you until you not only believe me, but you remember it every day, God wants you to have the best year you have ever lived in your entire life, beginning the best season you have ever had in your entire life, regardless of your circumstances. You are bigger and more important and more significant than the circumstances you're in. And so I want you to remember that God wants this to be the best year you've ever had in your life. And as some of you are far enough into the year, you may have had some wrecks, figuratively or or spiritually uh, or literally. Um, you You may have some doubts by this time. Don't lose faith. Don't lose faith. What I'm telling you is the truth. And here's how it's going to happen. As we get further immersed into the nature of God, we will take on God's perspective and His power and His purpose. What is His nature? We have understood it by a very simple phrase. I am... Remember... Remember how God identified himself to Moses. I am. And so everything at this church begins and ends with God. He is the Alpha and the Omega. Christ said, I make all things new. Behold, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I make all things new. And so everything begins and ends with God. We need to begin and end with God. Begin with him. Not only just once in our lifetime, but every day we live. Because there are going to be things that will never come together until they're begun with him. Remember the, the, the Nordic mechanic that taught me that principle? When I was first in, I, I couldn't have been 25 years old, 25-year-old pastor. And I'm talking to this 80-some-year-old guy who could put anything together. He was just, a, he was just so, but he, he got a puzzle when he was a kid. He couldn't put together until they learned a secret. And the secret was, you had to put two of those pieces, the two designated pieces together first. And if you got those pieces together first, the rest of the puzzle would eventually come together. If you didn't put those two pieces together first, there was no use. It would never come together. And they he looked at me. I was standing in his hospital room. And he said, Reverend, it's kind of like life. You and Jesus. If you and Jesus don't go together first then nothing else is going to come together. I've never forgotten that lesson. And I want to tell you, it spreads to everything in our life. When you begin everything, not just every day, but every time something happens in the day, you go, okay, Jesus, it's you and me. And let me tell you something that happened this week. I, uh, Becky and I we spoke someplace, and we got a check for it. We didn't know we were going to get that uh, check. And... Uh, and, and uh, and I always have great intentions of, of okay, when we, when we make out our tithe check, I'll remember this. But, you know, I, do, I just don't know that that's going to happen. It wasn't huge. It was just, it was just a little thing. But, but so I, I took out my cell phone and I did what every one of you can do, every one of you online. I texted 45777. And, and when you do that, you text 45777, you put in the amount, you put in the word Northland, it goes straight into the church. I mean, you, if you don't have an account, it takes you know, like two minutes to get. But it went straight into the church. Now, what was I doing? I told you I would, pr- I would teach you throughout the year biblical principles of giving. This is the principle of the first fruits. The first fruits is, is an, uh, an, uh, uh, an ancient... Uh, biblical principle it says in, in Exodus chapter 23 verse 19 you shall bring the choice first fruits of your soil into the house of the Lord your God in other words every every gift we get the first part of that gift ought to go to the Lord and, 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 it, and it's so much more meaningful if you can do it immediately as a way of thank you this came from you thank you and so and so The point is, not that God gets a certain amount of money, but He is so involved every day in our life, He's the first response we have, no matter what happens. You see? So, the first principle is, and this this will change your life, everything begins with you and God. The second principle is, us. Us. God is an us. Elohim. And God said, let us... Make man in our image. Elohim is a plural word used in a singular sense. God himself is a relationship. And he said, and he said let, them, let, let us make them in our own image. So he made us for relationships. The only place in the Bible in creation where God says it's not good is when the man's alone. He says it's not good the man should be alone. Why? Because we're made for relationships. Now watch this. That not only applies to individuals that applies to groups. Groups are made to have relationships with outsiders. Now, 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 let me show you. First of all, how do you build? How do you build a spiritual family? All of us know the reason that God created the church. God's it's, it's God's plan A, B, C, and D. God has no other plan than the church. Now I'm going to teach you how that church takes different forms. But let's just start out like that, because He knew we needed a spiritual family. None of us can sustain growth in Christ by ourselves. We were never meant to. All of us need a spiritual family. But very few of us have a spiritual family. Not like we saw up there, do we? Not very, not, so how do you build it? Simple principle. Us. You make your normal relationships more spiritual. You know the people in your life every day, many of whom you really like, But there's not really a spiritual element to your relationship and you want that because you want to love them more deeply and have something more meaningful and significant. You make your normal relationships more spiritual and watch this, your spiritual relationships more normal. What did we just see in the video? There were just some friends that really liked each other and they got hooked into this group that was doing church together. So they made their normal relationship more spiritual. Watch this. But there were also people in that, in that group that were used to going to Bible studies and you know prayer groups and all that kind of stuff. But they wanted more than just a Bible study or the prayer group. They wanted a relationship that they could fall back on and depend on every day. They wanted to do life together. They wanted their kids to have spiritual relationships so that they had a spiritual family as well. And so they made their spiritual relationships more normal. You get how this happens? Now, every one of us can do that. Every one of us can do that. So we build a spiritual us. Now watch. Don't stop there. Why do we do that? Just so that we can hang out and be more holy? No, you know what? If that were the purpose of your life, God would kill you right now. And let me tell you why. If you've already got a spiritual relationship... It's even going to be better in heaven, so why are you sticking around here? No, you've got a purpose. You have a purpose. And it is for those who are not yet included. That's why we're still here. For, to include those who are not included, we're here, still here for them. For them that are not yet a part of us. Because this is the nature of God. What is the... What is the best-known verse in all the Bible, John 3 16. How does that start out? For God so loved Christians. Oh, wait, no, wait. That's not how it starts out. For God so loved those who loved him. No, that's not how For God so loved the world. That's it. God so loved the world. Are we to stop with our own group? God didn't. God didn't stop with his little group. God so loved the world. That's why when we are being immersed in the character of God and transformed by the character of God, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, beginning of that verse, it says this, Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. We have a purpose. We have a purpose in this life. And the purpose is not us. We are blessed to be a blessing to all the world. Let me take you back, way back. Our spiritual forefather, really our spiritual grandfather, is Abram. Abram was the first, he was the founder of the Jewish religion. And the Jewish religion is our mother religion. All right, we we came out of that we came out of that heritage. And so when he called Abram, this is what this was his call. This was his original call. This is our original call. Genesis chapter 12 starting with verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, "Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house." Stop right there. One of the chief characteristics of our purpose is to never Stop with the comfortable relationships we already have. We've got to go forth from that if we're going to achieve the purpose of God in our lives. All right? Come on with me some more. To the land which I will show you. I'm going to show you something new. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great. Now that's usually where we're going to stop. Okay. Bring it on. But the verse doesn't stop there. How does it go so you shall be a blessing now listen every time the Bible says so that the word purpose is that okay I've done this so that I gave this to you not for you but so that you could give it to someone else I said well I will bless you so that you will be a blessing And I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you, look at this, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now, how's that going to happen? Is that going to happen with organized church that meets in a building? No. Not going to happen like that. You know, you can stick all the follow me to Northland bumper stickers you want. Nobody's going to follow you to Northland. Okay, hate to break it to you—you're just wasting paper and a good bumper. All right, not gonna happen. No, we we go out, we go out because we want every family there to have what we have. But in order to do that, we've got to make adjustments. We've got to make alterations in our lives. Sometimes, literally. Let me tell you what happened to us this week. I hate to shop. I hate to shop. Like most men, I just Ugh, you know. And Becky's always saying, "Hey, your suits are looking bad. They're shiny. I got to get you." Ah, some... oh, yeah, whatever. I... So anyhow, for Christmas she ordered me a new suit and a jacket, and and it came and they're real nice, but they didn't quite fit right. So we took it to the tailor lady, and and uh, and, and I had a jacket that was kind of pulling at the seam, and uh, so we took that one to get repaired too because it's a nice jacket. So she she pinned up the suits and she, she got them all pinned up and then I put on the jacket. I said, I got a little rip back here. She looked at it, she she looked at it, she said, Can I ask you a question? I said, sure. She said, Do you hug a lot of people? I said, I do. As a matter of fact, I do. She said, Listen what I'm gonna do. She said, I'm not just gonna repair that seam. I'm gonna let out the back of your jacket just a little bit so you have room to hug people. I'm gonna give you hug room in your jacket. Listen, I ain't done yet, I ain't done yet. She said, I want you to put those two other jackets back on. And Becky was with me. She said, hug your wife. So, I love this part. So she remeasured them. I am literally Altering my clothes so that I fit you better. Just... Listen, not to, be, not to be too punny here, but, but either we alter our lives to include others or we come apart at the seams. Be- because, because we gotta make adjustments. We gotta make adjustments. We can't be just like we were. And that's why it says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, Therefore, if, any if there's any encouragement in Christ, if there's any consolation of love, any fellowship in the Spirit, any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in Spirit, intent on one purpose. Our purpose is not us our purpose is them and so therefore here's what we have to pay attention to we have to pay attention to doing something that doesn't seem natural but it will after a while we'll see it after we'll see it after a while we have to reverse the pattern of our culture we have to reverse the pattern of our culture our culture is, and really human, human inclination is, I just want to hang around people like me. I want, I want to hang around people who agree with me. I want to hang around people who look like me. I want to hang around people who watch the same TV shows I watch. I want to, I want to do that because it's most comfortable. The problem is that's not God's plan for your life. Not for, not for you giving you purpose now now, now now, let me say this again you are here each one of you is here because A you have a purpose no one else can fulfill if you did not have a purpose no one else could fulfill or someone else could fulfill got to take you out like that because you who needs you So you're still here because God needs you to fulfill a certain purpose, all right? And he's putting you in certain places and certain relationships for a purpose. Secondly, you will never be fulfilled until you understand what that purpose is or you experience the fulfillment of that purpose, okay? And so this this is what's, what's important. Part of that purpose is to include someone that's not included. That's what love is. God is love. Love is always about the other person. Always. But the world says this. No, it's all about you. So you've got to reverse the patterns. I, I, I told you before, I like Hallmark movies. I just need a little happy in life. You know, there's so much tragedy, and I, you know, I just, I just need to. I Can't watch news anymore. I've got to turn on a Hallmark movie, because Hallmark movies kind of generally end up happy. But I figured out this week there's another reason I like Hallmark movies, because there's a formulaic pattern to practically every one of them. They're practically every one about love, falling in love, and you can guarantee the first part of that movie, there will be people who don't like each other. What happens? Those are the very people who end up together who decide they really love each other. You know? Every time you start out with somebody angry or hateful or even indifferent, I'll turn it back I go, oh, they're going to end up together. And they do. I decided that's the reason I like it because, you know, Jesus said, love your enemies. And, 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 and be with those who you've not... What credit do you have if you just get along with people who get along with you? Everybody can do that. No, be with people who are different than you. You've got to think. Now It says this in Leviticus chapter 19 verse 34. This does not come normally to us. But the Lord says the foreigner residing among you, every one of you. And I'm not talking about ethnic or country. Or I'm just talking about somebody who thinks foreign to what you do. They think differently than you do. It can include those other categories, but the foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native-born. Love them as you love yourself, for you are foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord, your God. Do you understand what God's doing here? He's saying, I want to develop you into someone more than you. And in order for you to achieve your purpose in this world, This is what it says in in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. It says, Do nothing from, from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourself. That's the definition of love, by the way. I'm fulfilled when you're fulfilled. I'm happy when you're happy. I achieve when you achieve. That's the definition of love. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. There's a whole group of people who God wants to develop our heart for that are just not included, especially not included in his family, in his church. I read a book uh, this week called Churchless and they did, uh, this is by Barna, this is the latest one by Barna and Kinneman, and they did all of these interviews with people who aren't going to church. And they say, so, why aren't you going to church? You know? Well, come to find out, it's not because they hate church or they, you know, they, they, they uh, hate us, you know? Not because they don't believe in God. There's only a small fragment that don't, don't believe in God. No, the vast majority of people who don't go to church still do believe in God. They want to get closer to Him. And they know they need other people to help them get closer to them. But they don't come into the church either because they've had a bad experience or they don't feel worthy or they have these expectations of what they have to do in their life before they join God's people. My heart just went out to them. I just yearned to... To say, no, you're you're good like you are. The church is just a bunch of people who are totally imperfect, but we admit it. That's all church is. Church is a bunch of sinners who just say, "Yeah, we are. Um, that's all we are." So, welcome to the family. Now, having said that, I know that most of those will never come into building. That's where God, the distributed church plan, kicks in. But let me let me just let me just say once more: when God looks at you. He wants to develop you, and he wants to develop his church into something that can withstand the changes that are ongoing in this world. Because if you only think like you or are with people just like you, when change comes about, that relationship may well be destroyed because you haven't got the wherewithal to see it from any other perspective. You remember, you remember how, how God, why God created the woman for the man, Right? It wasn't just so that he could be happy. <laughs> it's so that he could have another perspective. You remember? He created all the animals. The man was looking for a date in all the animals. He kept naming the animals. work, you know, but there was not found one suitable for him. In other words, he was looking for a date, but there wasn't one enough like him to be intimate. Some of you single people know perfectly well what I'm talking about here. And so God came... And brought the woman out of the man so that she was enough like him to be intimate. But different enough to be necessary. Do you have people in your life different enough to be necessary to your maturity? To your effectiveness? Remember how God brings her to the man. In an ancient replica of the wedding ceremony, the father brings the bride to the man. Why did she have to be brought? Because she was in a different position, saw things from a different perspective. We need that, not only as people, as individuals. We need that as a church. We need to hang around people who don't think like us, who see things differently. You know, my my wife, she's up there with her brother and sister in no, Don't worry, she's a biology teacher, a biologist. One day she came home from teach. Uh, this is years ago. And she said, uh, Hunter, do you know how uh, uh, plants uh, replicate? <laughs> I said, No. She said, Well, let me show you. This is really interesting. And uh, she said, there's two ways. One is that plants, most plants have the capability of pollinating themselves. They, they grow pollen and they can pollinate themselves and therefore reproduce. It's called selfing. All right? Selfie. Selfing. i I, I got to tell you, there's all kinds of sermons to preach here, but I won't go there. Selfie. She said, it is the most convenient and, and, and numerically it's overwhelmingly the most uh, uh, frequent because it's the simplest. But there's a problem. When you self, when you, when you, self, when you replicate simply who you are, then you only have the wherewithal to operate in the climate and in the surroundings you've always had. Now watch. What's the other one? Most of you know this. Hybrid. Pollen comes from another plant that is enough like you to be intimate, but different enough to be necessary. And that pollen, whether it's brought by the wind or by bees, I'm pollen. I'm pollen. coming to this plant. Or by birds. And the pollen lands on the plant. Now watch. When it's fertilized, it has another mix of, of genetic structure from a plant that has come in a different place who was used to different conditions. And now this hybrid is so much sturdier and it will thrive in an environment that doesn't have to stay the same. Could I just tell you there's the same principle with people? If you only have people who think like you do, if you only watch television programs that think like you, you know, then when everything changes, you're gonna panic. You say, oh, it's over now. World's going to hell in a handbag. When you understand different people, and the fact that God is sovereign over all, and God conducts the, the, the affairs of the world, not just the affairs of our lives, then you understand, no. This is a part of how I need, to, I need to think. All focused on Jesus Christ. And so we need to build relationships with people who are not like us. Jesus put it like this. I have other sheep which are not of this fold. This is in John ten sixteen. I have other sheep who are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will hear my voice and they will become one flock with one shepherd. Now, how's he going to bring them in? Again, the whole bumper stick, follow me to church. That ain't going to happen. Well, you've got to let loose of the building. You've got to let loose of even organized religion. You've got to keep focused on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Let me tell you how he's going to bring them in. You know these people. You can build relationships with them that begin to include your faith because that's who you are. He sends you to them. But most of them will not come into a church building. Because again, they feel uncomfortable, they feel like they don't fit, or they just don't see what good it does. But here's what the church can do it can be built around them, around where they are. The, build, the church, of course, is always focused on Jesus. But I tell you, most people have no trouble with Jesus whatsoever. It's some of us that have got problems with, and I don't blame them. So, 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 this is what I'm saying. When he says, I'm, I must bring them into the fold, he's not talking about this one particular pen. We've got to keep expanding the size of the pen. He's talking about people who know who the shepherd is. And that comes from expanding the church. Okay, one more thing. We do this. The, 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 in Scripture, when it talk about mercies and compassion, the, 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 the words used there are, 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 the, are the ancient words for bowels. Bowels. Now most of us don't associate bowels with, with anything pleasant. But in, 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 the, in the ancient times, the bowels were the seat of emotions. And when you felt something deeply, it was said to come from our bowels. You know? And that's the way God wants us to feel for these people who are not yet included. That's the mercy and compassion he wants us to have. i tell you one of my favorite stories. is about a fourth grade Sunday school teacher who was really good at what she did. She was good at what she did because of two things. First of all, she loved those kids. Those were her kids. And second of all, she kept them busy. There was never a moment of boredom in this Sunday school class. I mean, she had activities. They were all doing something, all that kind of stuff. And then at the end of every class, she would end it up the same way. Some of you are old enough to remember this little trick. She'd say, okay, kids, here's the church. And they'd all put their hands together. Remember this? Here's the steeple. Open the door. There's the people. She would do that every time. You know, that was how they they concluded their class. Well, one day, she had just begun teaching her, her class, and they brought in a new boy. And he was just visiting, um, but he had no right arm. And she just panicked because this mercy in her did not want the other kids to make him feel bad. And you know how kids are. They don't, you know, kids kids go, what happened to your arm? Where'd it go? What'd they do with it? You know, what's it feel like having all one?" You know, the kids, you know, they don't mean any harm. They're just curious, for crying out loud. So she, in her mind, she said, "I gotta keep these people even busier than usual." So it's frantic. All the kids now you gotta go here. No, go to the felt board. Now you're know, all over the place. And she was sweating it out. And finally, she had, she did it. You know, all the kids were busy the whole time. Nobody had time to talk to the kid. And the and the, and the, and the and it was the 30 seconds left. And she said, "Okay, kids." She's breathing. <laughs> she's okay. Here's the church. And she noticed David just sitting there with one arm. But so did little Mary who had a heart like no one else. And little Mary just got up from her place and she went over to David and she slipped her left arm around his back she put up her right hand and she said, come on David let's build the church together that's the church that's the church, that's you that's you in the world and so somebody's still missing we still have a them we need to go to them and that's what we're going to do you're going to find more meaning in your purpose in, purpose in your life than you ever thought possible. And we're going to do it a step at a time. But let me just give you some beginning steps here, okay? Just very practically. As we go on through the year, I want you to do this. At some time, when you're ready, I want you to go to the Distributed Church website because that will, that will pick up on what, where you, what you need at any given part of your life to take the next step toward distributing the church which is you you are the ministers you are the ministers alright second we have every Wednesday night a webinar you can, you can get it on your phone wherever you are I think it's at 8.30 and, and, and Chad who's the director of distributing the church comes on explains the whole thing so he explains the basic principles and so on and so forth you can ask questions bingo so you, so you at least know what's going on. You don't have to say a word. You can just tune in and go, huh. But you can, it, 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 it helps you understand. Number three, there is a nine-week feast. Um, this, is, this is kind of cool. It doesn't matter how many weeks. I, I mean, if you do three, you'd do 20. It doesn't matter. But you've got people in your life who you just don't know how to start a spiritual conversation with. And, 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 and maybe they just maybe you could eat together with them every week some of you have people you eat together with every week and maybe you just one day would say hey do you mind if I read a scripture while we're eating most of the time people go ah no that's okay and then we, we send you a question that you can just ask that just starts a spiritual conversation you don't have to take it anywhere you don't have to convert them But it just introduces a spiritual element to your relationship that the the Lord will guide from there. All right? So it's just a way to take a step. And then, of course, next week we have our Belong Seminar over the rink where it all started out. And uh, you're invited to that as well if you want to explore what it's like to become a part of this larger family. Um, But here's what we do every time we gather. We make sure of that first step we make sure that everyone who is listening, everyone who is in any of the campuses has made that first step in getting them in Christ together. And traditionally, this is done by a very simple prayer where you know you have asked Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior of your life and you've accepted the gift of salvation and new life that he gives you. And so I want, every, I want everybody to stand. And I'm going to say this prayer and if you would like to absolutely be sure that you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then, then it's simply a way to invite Him into your life and know that you've done it. I'll say, I'll say the words three words at a time and you just repeat them after me, okay? Just, just where you are, all right? Everybody bow their head. And those of you who want to pray these words, pray these words after me. Dear God, I know I have sinned, And by my decisions and actions, live separately from you. I don't want to be separate from you. Jesus, I know when you died on the cross, you pay for my sins too. And you offer me the gift of salvation and a brand new life. I accept that gift. Come into my heart and live there and be my Lord and Savior and make of my life whatever you want. Amen. Now, just out of curiosity, anybody brave enough, if you said that prayer the first time, just raise your hand. We're not going to ask you to come forward. I just want to see if the Lord is working. All right? Who are we applauding for? Raise your hand if you said it for the first time. And I know we have, thank you. And I know we have people online that we always have word. I, I, I've said it too. Good for you. Keep coming back. You need family. We're your big family until you get a small spiritual family. And we'll help you through this. Go to the hub. You can get hooked up with anything, including uh, everything I mentioned here. But... From here, let's go out into this world and love people right where they are for who they are. And watch what Jesus does. Amen.